This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. Let's join Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon, Ed. Hi, Johnny. How are you? Very well, thanks. Let's start with one of the big stories of the week and, of course, the collapse of cryptocurrency FTX and the ramifications of that collapse roll on. Very much so. I think this is the week where we've been talking about who is going to be impacted. I mean, you know, the media coverage, it's gone from talking about Larry David, Tom Brady, Stephen Curry. These are the celebrities who endorsed uh, the crypto exchange. And now um, some of the questions are, are they going to face lawsuits? Um, You know, last month we saw Kim Kardashian have uh, uh, to pay over a $1 million fine for her involvement with a a pump and dump scheme called Ethereum Max. Uh, This is different though. Uh, This is, uh, you've had one of the more, what was believed by many to be a reputable cryptocurrency exchange that uh, was now being accused of taking clients' monies and placing risky bets. And and this is uh, something that we're still, you know, processing. And and I think right now the, the main focus is on who else um, is exposed to this. And that's the that's one of the big question marks. Um, you know, the companies that are, you know, this fallout is spreading to include BlockFi, Genesis, Voyager, Galaxy Digital, Gemini, and um, even Coinbase. Now, Coinbase, they, they had a very small amount, small exposure to it, but still, it's important to understand just how deep FTX ran through the cryptoverse. And what's even more fascinating is just the actions of SBF uh, and his, uh, you know, the hope that we saw earlier that maybe Binance was going to rescue them. And then they saw the books and then they said, no, no, we're not doing that. And then uh, SBF uh signaling that, okay, well, we're still going to try to find uh, this uh, $8 billion shortfall. And, and now you're, you're seeing, um, you know, he's clearly was not uh, suitable to be a CEO. Uh, he mismanaged things. He did not understand the situation. And obviously, uh, the allegations, uh, it seems um, that uh, the trading of, you know, clients' money is, 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 you know, going to lead to bigger problems for um, FTX and and uh, the people that were involved with those actions. Um, if that comes out to be true, which it, you know, right now all the all the reporting suggests that it, it seems likely. Now, I think the problem is that you know you you, you know you, you had a, a what was viewed as a you know a, a key currency exchange commingling funds using funds with leverage uh, it just uh, it's it's hard to imagine that this was transpiring um, especially um, I think what was also catching a lot of people off guard was that you know throughout all of this um, you know there, there's ftx.com uh, and then you know, there's the international business and then there's the U.S. one. And it was kind of believed that the U.S. business was going to be safe and uh, isolated from this. A couple of days of the story evolving, you have bankruptcy declared and it, it, it shows you that, you know, there's there's a, a lot of uh, concern here as far as, you know, what was happening um, with FTX. And and uh, I think you're you're right to expect um Regulation is 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 going to be severe here. Um, you, you're uh, right now for FTX. You're you know they're based out of the Bahamas. The Bahamas regulators they're holding 
uh, some of FTX's assets, but it seems they lost a lot of money. And I think that, uh, you know, the, the focus is now, okay, well, how big of an impact is this? And I think when you hear, I, I think when, when, when everyone was talking about this exchange, uh, this is one of the top ones. Um, and, and, and I think uh, when you consider what's happened with cryptos in general, uh, obviously, yes, there was a major sell-off, but uh, I think a lot of people are, are surprised that we haven't um, pushed uh, much lower. And, and that's where that's like kind of where the big question mark is. Um, and I, I think what we, we have to kind of take a look at um, FTX, how big were they in, in, in this market? And for cryptos, uh, you know, FTX, they had about, and this is hard because you could say off of vol- trading volumes or number of users, but um, it's believed that they had around a low single digit percentage of the global market share, around three to 5%. Uh, now, if that is true, um, and, and just looking at the um, small amount of clients they had relative to the, the the volumes that they were seeing, it suggests that a good portion of that was institutional investors, which means the institutional investor they have a stomach that can handle risk. So I think that you're you're seeing this uh, crypto. Uh, a lot of people are saying it's now an ice age, but uh, I, I think that you're you're seeing you know, this crypto winter is, has been prolonged. Um, and, and there's expectations that, uh, you know, we won't know the, the complete fallout for, for months. Um, and, and that's, that's where kind of, uh, I think, you know, crypto remains in limbo and that's the, one of the, the big question marks here. So, so I think you're, you're, you're going to see the scrutiny come to the other key exchanges. Binance is getting a, a very close look at right now. And, uh, you know the the, the CEO um, uh, CZ has has been pretty transparent, at least uh, doing frequent interviews, explaining how um, as far as their core holdings, one third is with stable coins, one third is with crypto. So I mean, obviously, if crypto goes under, that's that's a big concern. Um, but their uh, their their specific coin BNB is is kept separate. They don't make that a part of their cash reserves, which is important to understand. Um, so, so I think we're, we're going to see the expectations for this market. You're, 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 you're going to have everyone, you know, pay close attention to, okay, well, what's the story behind uh, Binance, Coinbase, um, and then even some of the other ones like L banking, there's a uh, coins bid and uh, Digi uh, Phoenix. So I think you're going to see that the scrutiny is, is not going to go away anytime soon, but uh, it is remarkable to see how strong crypto is putting up a fight here. Um, and this is coinciding with a little bit of uh, market jitters with uh, for the broader appeal for risk appetite. Um, so this is this has been quite the week for crypto. Volatility is probably not going away, but I think there's a, I think uh, at the end of each week we end up having more questions than answers. But despite this uh, crypto contagion, Bitcoin has been doing pretty well this week. Uh, last time I looked up about 4% since Monday. And that's the, the big question mark. I mean, earlier we saw there was a, a strong move here for risk appetite. There was earlier beliefs that the soft landing was intact, that we were going to see <clears throat> risk appetite hold up fairly well. But now I think there's um, expectations that uh, <clears throat> this is just another bear market rally. So um, 
you know, will will Bitcoin hold on to to uh, the sixteen thousand level? That's that's a big question mark. Um, you know, when uh, the the at the the peak hysteria of the FTX collapse, uh, you know, I was you know for for me fourteen thousand five hundred was the key level, and that was the level that I said if that breaks, um, you know, that takes us below the cycle low. That takes us you know that 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 raises the red flag for a lot of investors um and you know we're 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 seeing prices stabilize here so um i think this is going to be a momentum trade um you know the the institutional money they you know they they, they can short it they can trade it off the exchange they're going to love this volatility so if the overall broader appetite for risk you know starts to dwindle as we go into the holidays this could be a very tough period for crypto um but um if if we if we see inflation come down further i think you know right now the 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 bad news has been priced in unless we have a major breakup uh of a or a downfall of a key exchange or crypto company i think you know crypto's poised to trade between 16 and 17000 um but uh you know the risks are still to the downside i i think that this this uh, resilience, um, there was some exhaustion from selling, um, and I think a lot of the institutional money, um, it got locked up. So <laughs> um, uh, some assets are frozen, some, so some people have lost their ammunition. So um, I think uh, you're, you're probably going to see, this is, this is a difficult time for crypto, uh, but no, I think you're um, probably going to see the volatility um, have uh, days where, you know, things get ugly very quickly and and i think that's why it's important to um, you know remind yourselves that we're we're entering a period where there could be some illiquid conditions uh thanksgiving holiday black friday um you're, you're you, you could see um some significant moves um during that weekend period and a holiday period so i think uh traders need to be aware that the just because we're, we're we've been you know kind of consolidating around sixteen thousand five or four hundred, that doesn't mean we're not going to have a, a major you know uh, one or two thousand dollar move um and and you know these next few days. Let's switch to commodities now and more specifically gold and that's on the down this week. Uh, is this mainly due to the Federal Reserve? I think you can blame it on the Fed. I think they they have been pushing back on a rates pause. the The amount of Fed speak that we've gotten has been very hawkish. Um, I think for a lot of investors, there was kind of this belief that we're approaching the December meeting. The Fed has signaled they're going to downshift. Uh, yet we're all we're getting is hawkish speak. Um, and and you know, for for a lot of people, uh, you know, like today, Fed's calling saying that the uh, the 75 basis point rate hike is still on the table for December. Um, and I think what you're probably seeing a lot more traders are getting a little nervous here is that you had Fed Bullard who outlined his model for interest rate. The dovish scenario, we could stop at five to five and a quarter. His more hawkish scenario. Uh, is that rates could go up to seven percent? So you're, you're you're having a very clear pushback here that you know the Fed is is is, is fixated on infl- on you know winning this fight against inflation. The labor market is still strong. You're seeing there there yes there's been a lot of uh, 
tech job um, layoff announcements, there's been clear signs that the economy is losing momentum. But when you take a look at the job openings, you, you, you still have several million openings available. You still have um, um, consumers that are spending. You still have, uh, we're getting mixed outlooks. Uh, Walmart and Target kind of conflicted here on the health of the consumer. Uh, there's there's really, I think, uh, you know, this belief that the economy is not weakening quickening, quick, quickly enough for the Fed to justify a pause. Um, and, and that's why I think when you take a look at money markets, you know, yes, December 14th, it should be a half point increase. The uh, debate on February is between one is, is between a quarter and a half point. Uh, and then I think even on March, there's still an 80% chance that you could still see them deliver a quarter point increase. So, I mean, you're, you're, probably going to see that the fed is going to you know at, at the very least take rates to five percent uh if inflation is trickier and and and, and uh, stickier that is uh they're they're going to need to continue raising rates now, now if if they end up delivering you know two or three more half point rate increases you know that brings us to five and a half percent that is much more restrictive than the markets are pricing in. And uh, that's been kryptonite for gold. I think gold is struggling. Whenever we, we, we see pushback from the Fed, it, it seems like it's bad news for gold. Gold was on the verge of breaking out above. Uh, it, it seemed that it was on a path towards 18 above 1800. Now it seems like, no, it's probably going to consolidate between around 1740, 1780, uh, heading towards the uh, Thanksgiving holidays. So I think a lot of investors here, they're nervous. They, they're they're um, you know the, the Fed pushback is is strong, and when you take a look at some of the leading indicators, um, you know it, the, the labor market's not weakening quickly enough. And I think you know when you take a look at initial expectations for um, you know the December non-farm payroll, um, we're, we're we're still eyeing you know significant job gains here. I think that uh, the uh, you know the the market is you know, still anticipating about 200,000 jobs created in, um, for the November non-farm payroll report, which comes out on December 2nd. So, it, so there's, there's a lot of uh, fears that wage pressures um, just uh, still uh, a, a trouble with um, companies refraining from delivering layoffs that is going to keep inflationary pressures you know going strong throughout the first quarter which means the fed might might uh, still be raising rates at that half point pace um, um, beyond february so so i think there's there's a there's a lot of uh, nervousness here that you know we you know we're we're in a bear market rally stocks are probably vulnerable to to further pressures here uh, and uh, that you know i think right now gold is gold is could eventually, you know, become a safe haven again um, when we get that recession. But I think for now, it's still going to be more behaving like a, a risky asset. So gold's going to remain volatile here, but I think there's a lot of uncertainty with the Fed's path right now as far as uh, at what point will they really pause. And, and we're not going to get those answers until we see the next couple more inflation reports. Gold is down, Ed, as is oil, which is also volatile. Brent and WTI down around 3% today. It's been a very bad week for the physical demand part of oil. There's been China's COVID situation, which is approaching record levels. 
You have central banks aggressively still raising rates, which is starting to um, raise those recessionary fears. Um, I think there's clear demand destruction that's happening. Um, and I think right now um, there, you know, this is, this is all, you know, happening before we have that expected um, European uh, ban on Russian crude, which happens uh, first week of December. So, so I think, you know, a lot of people were, were kind of anticipating that as a bullish catalyst. Um, you had some, some um, reports uh, or analysts saying that, it might not necessarily really impact Russian output that much. And I think that really took a lot of energy traders by surprise. So I think the oil market is is right now um, seeing uh, seeing technical base selling. Um, but uh, you know there's there's a, a lot of uh, confusion right now what's happening in the market. and I think that you know, the as long as China's demand is is heading in the wrong direction, uh, it's going to be tough for, you know, oil oil prices to to muster up a rally here. But I, I think in in the end, uh, you know, there there's still um, healthy world demand for crude. Uh, I think we're we're probably getting close to uh, a short term bottom here. But I mean, once WTI broke below 80, uh, you know, it it it, it just uh, the the technical selling was pretty strong. And uh, I, I think this is a market that's still tight. Um, U.S. economy is headed towards a recession, but you're, you're, as we approach the holiday periods, I think there's still strong expectations. It's going to be a very busy travel period. Um, and and uh, whenever China, you know, is able to um, ease up on some of those COVID restrictions, uh, there's so much pent up demand that. I think you'll you'll see that prices will bounce back strongly, but right now it just doesn't seem that that's the case. I think people are waiting to see a peak with their cases before um, becoming um, you know aggressive back into oil. So this is this is um, right now a market that's kind of so much fixated on the demand side, but I mean you know the supply side does you know support that prices should stabilize soon. Geopolitically, Ed, it's been a pretty dramatic week with the G20 meeting in Bali. We've had the final results of the midterm elections where you are, and of course, the big autumn statement from the Chancellor of the Exchequer in the UK. So it's been a pretty busy week. What lies in store for the next seven days? Well, for me, uh, I I have my eyes. Uh, I you know, I have a big star on my, my uh, calendar for November 20th. The World Cup begins. I think that is... Uh, uh, a welcome break from all the geopolitical coverage that we provide. Although, of course, it hasn't managed to escape the political angle with uh, the controversy of it being in Qatar either. And uh, there are many who have mixed feelings about this tournament. But let's not get too focused on that. It is good to have some respite. And it's going to be quite strange having a World Cup during the heart of winter. Very much so. And, and I think for a lot of people next week, it is a, a holiday week, a shortened uh, trading week for many in the U.S. We observe Thanksgiving. Uh, a lot of people also take off the Friday. You know, there will be limited trading for stocks and bonds on Friday. So you really have three days 
of where you try to jam in a lot of economic data points. There is still, we, we haven't talked about North Korea and their missile launches. We haven't talked about the war in Ukraine. President Zelensky is going to be speaking at NATO on Monday. I think there's still a, you know, a lot of uh, geopolitical risk that remains on the table. Um, and that's uh, first and foremost, probably one of the, the key drivers for um, a lot of investors. Uh, and I, I think you're, you're probably going to see that, you know, next week is, is going to be um, a very busy week with uh, central bank rate decisions. You have the uh, uh, New Zealand Central Bank, the RBNZ. Uh, they're expected to raise rates uh, by 75 basis points. Uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, People were thinking they were going to downshift, but, you know, hot inflation, that changed their mind uh, or is expected to have changed their mind to keep that 75 basis point um, pace. Um, you know, you're, you're going to see the uh, Rick's Bank is expected to also raise rates by 75 basis points, taking their uh, key rate to two and a half percent. South Africa also to deliver another um Massive rate increase, uh, bringing their target rate to 7%. Uh, the Turkish Central Bank is expected to cut rates. So we have lots of uh, rate decisions. Um, in addition to that, um, for the, the US, we get the FOMC minutes, which I think a lot of people are expecting to be somewhat uh, hawkish and a little bit of a pushback on all those downshift um, calls that have been building. Um, we also get the flash. PMI readings, which will probably continue to show uh, a weakening in the service sector, which is going to be key for, I think, investors anticipating that if the service sector starts to uh, cool quickly, that will be the derailment in, in the labor market hiring picture that we can't seem to um, get away from. And, and I think there's there's probably going to be, um, I think, a lot of uh, emphasis on, in addition to that, some of the key readings from Europe, uh, Germany's EFO business climate is going to be key. Um, uh, I think a, a lot of traders too are going to be uh, focused on um, uh, their respective uh, flash uh, PMI readings as well. Uh, but uh, overall, it's it's a week that's filled with some Fed speak. You also um, will hear from um, um, quite a few ECB members as well. Um, South African uh, president uh, is going to have a state visit to the UK too. So lots of lots of um, talk from some of the world leaders. Uh, the OECD will release its economic outlook, uh, but I think a lot of traders what they need to do is be very cautious as far as some choppy markets. You have some expirations. You also have. Um, I think on Friday will be an interesting day because it is a shortened trading day. And also, too, um, as far as the health of the U.S. economy, a lot of people will pay attention to that high-frequency data for Black Friday. You'll start to get some of those uh, reports. Um, if if uh, if you see pictures of you know shopping malls being not too busy, um, I think that's your 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 sign that you know the U.S. economy has um, definitely. Um, hit a, a rough patch, but um, I, I think uh, for a lot of families, uh, this is the key week where they try to get all their holiday shopping done. So just because we have a strong Black Friday performance doesn't mean that we'll uh, continue to do strong retail sales numbers for December. Ed, have a very good weekend and we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. This is the Oanda Podcast.